Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in the school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles, they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show 
that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being. That is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. 
nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Frank DeMassey from our Syracuse, New York class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Matthew, the seventh chapter, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Let us all take a moment. Let us bow our hearts and minds. Let's try and get all the thoughts of the flesh out of our heads and concentrate on glorifying our Creator. Dear Father, we thank you for allowing us one more opportunity to stand before and to testify of this glorious gospel. Allow each and every one of us to truly realize and appreciate the gift that's been given to us that you and your wisdom and your mercy gave us the opportunity to understand and know your purpose and know you as you truly are and actually exist. Allow us the patience and long-suffering and courage to endure this flesh. And thank you for allowing us the stability that you put in us and to know that you're in control of this purpose. And let us wait with patience for our universal for that universal revelation so all the cares of the flesh will be behind us and we'll go on for ages to come learning more of your divine nature we ask this in the name of yashua the messiah may we all say hallelujah hallelujah good afternoon class tonight i'll be reading matthew the seventh chapter from the holy name bible containing the holy name version of the old and new testaments critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by the late A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, 
whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Because small is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or, fig, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not good forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Rabbi, Rabbi, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Rabbi, Rabbi, did we not eat and drink in thy name? And in thy name have cast out demons? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will say unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, should be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Yahshua had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Frank Damasi. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class, and Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Speakers, please be advised you'll see a five-minute sign appearing on your screen. Please acknowledge when you've seen the sign. And for our first speaker this afternoon, we'd like to call on Dr. Scott Miller, from our Syracuse, New York part. Let me unmute here. Good evening, everyone. Afternoon, everybody. Good evening, Scott. <clears throat> Good to be here. 
you know, uh, our class was canceled. Um, but it's always nice to be with the brother now West. Like it used to be on Saturday. Um, don't really have a lot on my mind tonight, but um, I guess we could start in the scripture. Yes, sure. Matthew 7 and 1, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, you shall be measured to you again. Right. So who's this is in red letter. So Yahshua is speaking and he's saying, you know, he's sort of cautioning us about judging. And, you know, he's saying that how we judge others and he's going to use that measure to, you know, of your judgment against your own self, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the one that can do that. Nobody else can. And it goes on to talk about how it's easier to see, you know, a problem in one of our brethren and not in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Three, and why beholdest thou mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thy own eye? Right. So what mote is like a speck or a small piece. You can... You know, you can see the speck in your brother's eye, you know, or the small little issue, but you have this big sliver or this big beam like in your eye, but you're you're not you're not noticing that. And that's just how, you know, that's a lot of times um, would be like a carnal nature of, of man, you know, but Yahshua is warning against that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Or how will thou say to thy brother let me pull out the moat out of thy eye and behold a beam is in thy own eye Mm -hmm. thou hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thy own eye and then shall thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye right first take care of your own issues (laughs) before you start casting judgment on other people and again, a lot of this stuff is without Yahshua in us. See, that's that's the hook of the whole thing, you know. Without mm-hmm. Yahshua in us, we're not going to know how to do the right thing or how to see or or not to cast judgment. It takes the Holy Spirit not not to be judgmental at times, in a sense. I know we have the spirit of judgment within us, but yet at the same time, sometimes. You know, if you know everything is in Yahweh's control, then who's in charge? You know, who's who's doing the operation of the purpose here? Who's carrying everything out? So you need to consider these things when, you know, and many times we don't know the future like Yahshua does. You know, he has it all. You know, he knows the will of the Father. Um he has it all meted out. It's all set up ahead of time. So, but we don't know these things. We don't know that. So a lot of times it's, it's just wisdom to, you know, not cast judgment and waiting to see what, you know, the boss has in store for us. But, you know, that's easier said than done. Um, keep going for a little bit there. Verse six. 
Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest thy trumble them under their feet, and turn again and read them, read you, rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Mm -hmm. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? Mm -hmm. If ye then be evil, how know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Right. But then at times we don't even know what we should ask for. <laughs> you know because he's saying you know basically you know we have things we think but Yahshua or the father Yahweh is in control of everything um, let's jeez um, my mind's going in different directions um Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Um, pick it up in 26. This talks about the spirit and how the operation of the spirit works. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Right. So the Spirit, and there's only one Spirit in operation, and it operates both mysteries, which might be confusing to some, but if, you know, God is in control of everything, then that's the way it would be, you know? Satan, a lot of times people with a you know carnally minded and without having the Holy Spirit think that Satan has his own power and his own will, but he's does not. He's under the control of of Yahweh. And he's no match for Yahshua. See, but see, the spirit also helpeth our weaknesses or our infirmities, but we don't even know what we should pray for. You know, because we're not aware a lot of times, like I said, of the future of Yahweh's purpose. So, but it said the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So we can't even, these things aren't even, you know, readily understood. But there's a spirit in operation that is working all things. And Yahshua, the Holy Spirit, is part of that same spirit. And he's carrying out functions of the father um, that is these things are mysteries to us but back in the cloud everything was set up so let's go ahead read 27 27 
And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. Right. And see, so he, or Yahshua, that searches the hearts, he knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. See, right. he's got that connection with the Father, because he maketh intercession. See, not Mary. You know, not your priest, not in the bit, little booth in the back of the church where they told you you had to go in this little booth as a Catholic I'm talking about. You mm -hmm. know, it wasn't like that for everybody. But in other religions, too, you still that was part of going to church is you needed an intercessor. You needed to go to a physical place. See, that's how it was, you know, under the, you know, under the the Mosaic law, we'll say, under, you know, Judaism back in the old covenant where they had to go to a tabernacle. See, but that was for the Jews and the Jews only. And if the world also understood that fact, that simple little thing, if the world could understand it, that, that old covenant and the stuff that was written in there was, it was for the Jews and the Jews only. We weren't to be doing any of those things. See, they're, they're and especially now they're fulfilled for everybody. So Yahshua makes intercession. See, that high priest made intercession between Israel and Yahweh on the Day of Atonement. See, but in the same in the same light, Yahshua, after Pentecost, makes intercession for us. And he does it, though, according to the will of Yahweh. Read. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh to them who are the called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. See, according to his purpose. It's not according to our will or things we think or want to do. See, it's according to our purpose. That's why when you judge one another, see, you're, you're sort of putting your will in there. Or if you think you're choosing or doing things, see, see the purpose is according to Yahweh's will. And there's someone there called, read. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Right. So, see, he did foreknow people, souls, right? Um, souls. We're not talking about the physical here, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the spiritual. So, for whom he did foreknow, he also mm -hmm. did predestinate right. to be conformed to the image of his son. See, he's doing the conforming. See, we're not conforming anything to him. That's what we did before we came in. We, we conformed the image of God to what we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. See, but <laughs> that's not how it works. See, those are, the, you know, Dr. Kinley would call them theories, concepts, and opinions. And that stuff has to go. And we can't get rid of it on our own. That's, that's the thing. We think we do. You know, well, we come to class and we learn and you are physically going to class. You know, you're saying, hey, I'm going to go to class tonight. I'm going to go to Zoom tonight. You know, we feel like we're making choices and decisions, you know, and we are. But see, it's, it's according to a purpose, though. And see, he foreknew. It, see, we're not aware, just like you weren't aware of your time in the womb. That's like an example, you know, until you're brought forth. That's like being brought out of the cloud. 
and then being you know like a baby being born then we're born spiritually it's the same process see so for whom he did we were foreknown and he also did predestinate and see he's going to conform us to the image of his son yashua that he might be and yashua is the firstborn or you might say the first fruits among many brethren right. see, see he rises first he's the head just like us when you get up their head rises first and then you know the body will follow see so he's the firstborn at pentecost then the spirit goes out into those brethren that were predestined through this whole we're still in that same age mm -hmm. so keep reading here 30th verse moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If Yahweh be for us, who can be against us? Right. That's just a true statement. If Yahweh could be for us, who could be against us? You know, not the mystery of iniquity. You know, so we have someone interceding on our behalf. So there's a predestination, then being called, and then a justification or being cleared of that guilt. And Yahshua paid that price with his blood. See, that's how we're, when he's in us, we're able to be justified. And and then, you know, you can't properly glorify the Father with, with a carnal mind. See, you have to have the Holy Spirit or Yahshua in you to have that link to the Father. See, um, let's go to... Uh, Let's see. Let's just pick up Ephesians 4 about being in the cloud again and not having our own will necessarily. Not not as far as the purpose goes or changing the course of events, whether it's in a day, a week, a month, or a year, or for eternity. See, Yahweh, he's got that all, all under control. He says the very hairs on our head are numbered. Yep. Just, just try to wrap your mind around that. He knows, or he says, uh, you know, like a, a like a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without him knowing. It's like in the same area <laughs> See, where he talks about the kind of knowledge and understanding the Creator has about his creatures and how much control he has that, that he could number the hairs on a person's head. Or he, he could think of a number of the sands of the sea or the stars in the heaven, you know. So you always got that. <laughs> a supercomputer is just a, a type and example of the, of the creator. The calculator, you think AI is going to be impressed, you know, that's nothing to compare to Yahweh. Hmm. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians 1 and 4? Yeah. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he has chosen, you want me to pick it up? No, that's good. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Right, see, that's being, being found guiltless or not having... Um, how Paul's, you know, justified or mm -hmm. cleared of guilt. Mm -hmm. That's being without blame. You know, anything we're doing or the stuff we did before class, see, you know, he's going to, 
he's got to cover that. If he's going to ascribe blame and, and that and hold us accountable, see, that's not grace and mercy. See? Mm-hmm. See, but according, see, he hath chosen us in him it, before the foundation. That's what we're talking about in that cloud. Right. You know, like in the Moses chart there up in the cloud, that's we look at that as like eternity or being chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, Reed. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Right. You keep hearing that theme again, according to the good pleasure of his will. It's his will. Not our will be done. His will be done. Um, read to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. See, he made us accepted, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be made accepted in the beloved or in that purpose or in that body. Read in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. There's that grace again. Mm-hmm. Wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. Right. So he, he made known unto us, or else we... We wouldn't have anything to do if you think, you know, you have a choice between the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of righteousness. See, that's just not how it works. He has to make known unto us. He makes known unto us the mystery of his will. We don't figure it out. That, or otherwise, it wouldn't be a mystery. If you could figure out a mystery, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a mystery. See, according to his good pleasure, right. which he hath purposed in himself. In that one spirit, and it's going to manifest, you know, through the dis- go ahead through the dispensation and ages. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Right, and that's what we're waiting for. That's why things are so screwy now. We're waiting for him to get things. These things are, you know, Dr. Kinley warned us, things are going to be ugly towards the end, you know, both in and out of class, in a sense. See, read. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, Right. Well, I just want to just that right there. That's a huge in -hmm. whom we also obtain an inheritance. See that inheritance are like like the Jews are fighting over that land and who owns it right now physically to this day, you know, for that inheritance that they say, hey, and it is it's in the scriptures, you know, but they, you know, you can go back and find out that, you know, Palestine and, you know, see, you know, Ishmael and Isaac, these there's brothers involved here and an inheritance that sometimes, you know, but 
see, that's just a type and a shadow of, of the confusion and of, of that kind of thing. If you understand it's spiritual, our inheritance is Yahshua. Is, is, it's a spiritual, it's that Holy Spirit in us. That's what we want. See, we've obtained that inheritance and we were predestined according to the purpose of him. See, he worketh all things, all things after the counsel of his own will. You know, it's again, there's his will again, not our will, because we do have a will. That's I'm not saying we don't, you know, but just, you know, understand what nature and what mystery is working that will. Whose will is it, you know, not even Yahshua said, and why don't we get that where he says, not my will, thy will to the Father. So like in John. Does anyone know where that is? <clears throat> Uh, I don't. Let's see. Read John five and five and read five and nineteen. Verse thirty seven to forty. And then you can read 30, 37. John 5 and what, Scott? Uh, start at 19. Five, uh, John 5 and 19. Then answered Joshua and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Right. So yeah, Yashu was saying he can't. He's not running his own program. Yeah. He's not showing up and picking disciples, and which he is. But he's doing it according to the will of the Father. He's not doing it according to hey, drop what you're doing and follow me. That was set up in the cloud. He knew who his who he was going to pick to be with him. He knew who was going to be betray him. He knew all these things ahead of time. But see, so when he came in. The son can do nothing of himself, but what the what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these doeth the son likewise. Read mm -hmm. twenty. For the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may be that ye may marvel. Right. Skip down to thirty, Bruce. 30. Mm -hmm. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Right. He says, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. And then he further clarifies it if you could skip over to the 17th chapter. Okay. John 17 and what, Scott? Um, read two. Two. And then read um, nine through 12. Okay. John 17 and two. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Right. So you could say maybe father the hour. Um, glorify thy son that thy son may glorify mm -hmm. thee as thou has given him power over all flesh that he should you know so he has power over all flesh 
but that he should give eternal life. That's that's what we're all talking about is eternal life. That he should give eternal life. And that's what, what we all want. That's the end goal here. You know, how do you get eternal life? Where do I sign up? What do I have to do? Where do show me what I have to do. <laughs> you know, but it's not like that. See, it's by grace and mercy. Lest men would boast. And, you know, that does happen, unfortunately, sometimes where people are interjecting themselves into the purpose and saying, you know, well, what about what I think? You know, what about what I'm doing? What about, you know, look, you know, you know it's, it's to me, it seems like a little kid's you know, look what I can do. <laughs> you know, little kids are trying to impress their parents or impress somebody. See. Uh, so, there's, there's, yeah, go ahead. Skip down to nine. Nine. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And mm -hmm. now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am come to thee. O Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Right. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. Right. And so what's the, those that thou hast gavest me? See, he's talking about the souls that the Father had given him. And see, and it's, he's ready. This is before Pentecost, but he knows what's coming up. He knows that he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. He knows he's the Passover is at hand. He knows what's coming up and that Pentecost in this outpouring of the Holy spirit were to be the first fruits. And it, the fruits are, they're not going to go out to, you know, to the world and whoever decides to, you know, you know, accept this or, or come upon stumbles upon this and then decides that it's, you know, because I kind of thought that, hey, you know, well, I'll go to class and see what I think. <laughs> I'll see if it's for me. You know, let's check it out. <laughs> you don't realize how you're being called to something and that you're only and that your only reason you understand anything is that Yahshua has to open up your understanding from the inside. See, so but he's talking just like those sheep. None of them are lost. See, those that thou gavest me, I have kept and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition. See, and that's a whole nother lecture how that son of perdition or the mystery of iniquity or satan see there he's in everlasting chains of darkness so there's no but they want to that's he wants our souls to be there with him in eternity in this in the upcoming ages see see there's the father of lies the death the chains of darkness see but none of them has lost it because yashua is not going to lose any of his um i wanted to maybe get something out of the law and the prophets a little bit, just like maybe Isaiah 55 about how Yahweh runs his purpose. Because mm -hmm. we should go to the law and to the testimony and to show how this stuff is set up. Isaiah 55 and one. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye by and eat. I see the five. 
ye come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Mm -hmm. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. And see, that's what we're doing. We're having a meal tonight where hopefully, you know, our souls will be fed and we'll delight ourselves in the fatness of the gospel. See, it's mm -hmm. not a spiritual thing, you know. It's mm -hmm. it, it's not a physical thing about physical eating. It's a spiritual thing about spiritual eating. See, they did it back there. It says they did eat and drink back with Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You know, they, they went through and that was a spiritual drink. And back there at Mount Sinai, um, it said um, it was like a spiritual, you know, experience. It wasn't a that wasn't necessarily a physical one, but they spiritually did eat and drink. See, so in here, in Isaiah is saying the same thing. So here in your soul shall live. Read. Incline your ear and come on to me. Here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Right, and that everlasting covenant is that new covenant with the Holy Spirit in you. Um, skip down to eight and read till eleven. Isaiah fifty-five and eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Right. So just like that water cycle, you know, like that Romans one nineteen and 20, how that rain comes down in the snow from heaven, and it doesn't return you know, it doesn't it doesn't all go back up, you know, it doesn't, but it water, it has it has a purpose. It accomplishes something. It waters the earth like that Holy Spirit waters. That's why we're made out of the dust of the earth. See, it waters that earth and it make it maketh it. It doesn't have a choice in it. When Yahweh wants something to bring forth fruit, it's gonna happen. See, it maketh it bring forth fruit and bud. And it's gonna give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, just like that gospel does. And see, in that word, just like that purpose there, in that mouth up in that cloud, that word, or Yahweh Elohim, how that he went forth and accomplished the purpose, he created the purpose. And Yahshua is that same spirit, and he comes into the physical, and he's accomplishing the purpose that we talked to, not saving anyone, just preaching the gospel willy-nilly, and then whoever hears it, hears it. See, he's collecting souls. He's building that body. He's to all those that were predestined. See, and that, that, you know, and th those souls will bear fruit. You know, they're going to go out and, and, and bear fruit and preach this gospel and, and also manifest, you know, that, that Holy Spirit to the world. 
not just in the teaching, but in the manifestation of their behavior. And it's not going to return unto them void, but it's going to accomplish that which he pleases and, and prosper in the thing where he sends it, because that's just the power of the Holy Spirit. So with that, I'll yield back the floor. Um, I apologize if I went over a minute or two. Um, all praises to Yashua. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Miller. And for our next speaker this afternoon, we'd like to call on the Dean of our Lansing, Michigan class, Dr. Terry Welsh. Well, good evening, brethren. Can you hear me? Good evening. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, praise Yashua. I'm very glad to be with you. Glad you're doing the uh, classes and that folks are able to tune in and uh, or log in or whatever you call this <laughs> and join and, and, and benefit by it. Um, so just a little thought occurred uh, pertaining to the scripture reading. Um, and um, if you would go back and tell me what scripture that is what's the name of the chapter i mean i know what it is but matthew the seventh chapter right now do we know what matthew the seventh chapter is part of let's go back to matthew the fifth chapter i think I don't have a Bible in front of me, but I'm pretty sure if you go to the fifth chapter, and I think right in the beginning. Sermon on the Mount. Correct. That is right. And if you start the first verse, it talks about Yahshua. I believe that's where it talks about him going up on the mountain, doesn't it? Yes, it's the Beatitudes. Yes, the Beatitudes are part of the Sermon on the Mount. That's correct. Yes. So I don't know if you've got anybody has a Bible there to read. But anyway, he talks about going up on the Mount in Matthew, the fifth chapter. Now, why is he doing this? He is doing this in order to fulfill that's Yahshua's job. In fact, he even mentions it in the fifth chapter. If you wouldn't mind, well, read the first verse. I think it's the first verse. Like I said, I don't have a Bible sitting in front of me, but I would hope we've got some readers here that can kind of help, hopefully. I got it, Sharon. Matthew 5 and 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, That's good enough. Okay. Okay. Now, and then he does. He goes into the Beatitudes as part of it. Okay. Now, Yahshua is fulfilling what he did back there, bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And you have the Moses chart up. And, of course, there on the Moses chart, you see that uh, the children of Israel had come out of Egypt in the Exodus, 
they'd come into the holy place, the wilderness of Sinai. Yahweh brought them to himself there in Mount Sinai. And Yahweh was in that cloud. And he sat on that mount, on that on the top of the mount in that cloud. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact verse. I'm not going to run you around to find it. But it talks about that cloud set upon Mount Sinai. Set upon Mount Sinai, covered it up there. And, and sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, do you have that verse exactly? Yeah, that's, that's the first verse, I believe, that you want. And oh. seeing the multitudes, he went up no, into I'm a No, I'm sorry, mountain. I'm talking about, forgive me. Yes, I, I, I realize it says that Yahshua did that. I was trying to point out that what Yahshua was doing was fulfilling what happened back there in Exodus. And I, that's Exodus why... 2416. Is it 24? Oh, well, that will work. Yes, there's a part that's earlier than that, but this will work. Please read that. What book is that in? I'm sorry. Exodus, did you say? Yes, chapter 24, 16. 24, that is one 16. of them. Mm -hmm. okay. And the glory of Yahweh abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered its days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Okay, that's adequate for right now. Now, really what I was referring to, and I guess maybe this is worth spending a minute to, to go through. So... Since I don't remember the exact verse, maybe you can kind of help out. I think if you go back to the, to the 19th chapter, yes. You might as well start at the first verse. We'll get the context of it. I mean, um, it's. I'm sure most of you are well familiar with this, but nevertheless, it's always worth going back over and reviewing some of these things. Now, was that Exodus, Terry? Yes, sir. Chapter 19. Okay, go, Sharon. I'm sorry. Okay, in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Ramadan and were come, mm -hmm. were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. Okay, this is Mount Sinai. So that was in the third month, the same day, or the third month, the third day. And of course, their first month was Abib, which is similar to our month of April. So uh, this third month was what they called Sivan, or what we would call June. Mm -hmm. And it would be the third day of that month that they camped before Mount Sinai. Okay, mm -hmm. All right. Please read on now. Verse 3. And Moses went up unto, unto Yahweh, unto Elohim. And Yah Yahweh Elohim called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus mm -hmm. shalt thou I, I'm, I'm missing something, and I don't, I, like, I, I wish I could tell you the exact verse. But basically, all this time, when they're, uh, coming out of the land of Egypt for all three months, okay, they were being led by Yahweh Elohim, who is Yahshua. He was just not um, 
known to the people, recognized by the people as Yahshua at that point. Exodus 23.20. 23.20. Thank you so much. 23.20? Mm-hmm. 23.20. Behold, I sent an angel before thee, mm -hmm. keep thee in the way, and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Yep. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Yes, the name of Yahweh was in that angel, and that angel was Yahshua. And he was both in a physical form and could uh, manifest in either a physical form or a spiritual form, that is, in incorporeal form, or in a material physical form. Okay? These are the two manifestations of the one invisible Yahweh or spirit. And this is Yahshua. And, and, and uh, so without going into a lot more detail about that, you can follow this down with the cloud, the angel, and so forth. You can even go back to the 13th chapter, I believe, in the 14th chapter of Exodus, where it talks about uh, Yahweh leading them in a pillar of cloud by day and by night in a pillar of fire. And in any case, Yahweh Elohim led them out to the wilderness of Sinai in this cloud. And he sat on top of Mount Sinai. The cloud sat on top of Mount Sinai. And then Yahweh Elohim spoke to the children of Israel um, and spoke the Ten Commandments, which the Beatitudes, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, are the primary fulfillment of. And then he also called Moses up there on Mount Sinai and uh, told Moses the ordinances or the judgments. Uh, and then Moses uh, came to the children of Israel and communicated that to them. Okay. Now, this is the setup or the institution of what Yahshua is fulfilling over in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the sixth chapter, and the seventh chapter. All of that is part of his Sermon on the Mount, which is a fulfillment of Yahweh Elohim's sermon from Mount Sinai to the children of Israel. Um and I, I believe if you go, since you're in Exodus, wouldn't you, would you mind going to the 20th chapter in the first verse? Go ahead, Sharon. Okay. So there's 20 and 1. And Yahweh Elohim spake all these words, saying, That's I am Yahweh. That's good enough for the moment. Okay. Now, now, when you go on further, what he's what you're going to read is Yahweh's Ten Commandments. And by the way, that's called these words. Yahweh Elohim spoke all these words. And uh, just uh, to make a note uh, for other reference, which is because this is talked about over in the 24th chapter of Exodus also, Moses wrote all the words of Yahweh, which is those commandments, and rose up early in the morning 
Um, and he built the altar, dedicated it with blood, the book, the people, so forth, after he read the words to the children of Israel. And uh, so Yahweh is speaking these words from Mount Sinai. That's the Sermon on the Mount back there in the book of Exodus. Now, when Yahshua comes in, he has been leading people, just like Yahweh Elohim, who is Yahshua, was leading the children of Israel. And he led them into the wilderness, across the Red Sea and into the wilderness back there, as you can see on this chart, to the wilderness of Sinai. And he sat on that mount in that cloud and spoke to the children of Israel. Yahshua then is fulfilling it. Now, there's a whole series of things that Yahshua is saying in the fulfillment. And I just want to, you know, a couple of, couple of these things came to mind. So, well, let's go back to the fifth chapter of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Now okay. that we recognize that what's going on in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7 is all the fulfillment of what Yahweh Elohim did back there at Mount Sinai. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and Yahshua is fulfilling it. And this is one of three primary times that Yahweh Elohim took Moses up on Mount Sinai to the peak of the mount. That happened back there in the 19th chapter of Exodus. Yahshua is going up on the mount. He's going to speak here. There are three primary times that we read about Yahshua going into mountains in fulfillment of the three primary trips that Yahweh Elohim uh, had, was on Mount Sinai and took Moses up in that mountain. And uh, each time correlates. This is the first time uh, that Yahshua goes up into the mountain at the beginning of his ministry. It is fulfilling that trip that Moses took in Mount Sinai back there in Exodus, the 19th chapter, and everything that happened when Yahweh Elohim spoke to the children of Israel. The second time, just so you know, is uh, over there in the 24th chapter of Exodus, that's the institution, and Yahweh Elohim took Moses up in Mount Sinai, and uh, um, by the way, he also took Aaron, Abibayu, and the 70 elders up part way on the mountain, and Yahweh Elohim uh, transfigured before them in a vision, and you see that illustrated on this chart here, with uh, where it says vision of Elohim in incorporeal form to Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and then Moses up there on the top of the mountain having that panoramic vision of Yahweh Elohim, which was in his super incorporeal form. Now the third time in the institution was back there in Exodus, the 33rd chapter, where Yahweh Elohim takes Moses up to the peak of the mount the last time, and he gives him the second tables of stone and, uh, and goes through visions with him. And this 40 days and 40 nights on both the second and third trip. So there's a lot going on there. But Yahshua has to fulfill all this. And 
This is demonstrating that he is the creator, Yahweh Elohim, that was in that cloud back there leading the children of Israel, that he is the Elohim who spoke the commandments to them, that he is the Elohim who brought that covenant to them or made that covenant with the children of Israel and is setting it up. He is the author of the Old Testament. Now, when he comes in down in you reading about in the book of Matthew, he is finishing the covenant. He's the author mm. and he's the finisher of our faith, he says. And when he says our faith, he's talking about uh, the the faith of the Jewish people or the Israelites back there under the Old Testament. Yahshua authored it. He wrote it in the tables of stone. And he fulfilled it or finished it down there. And you're reading about him finishing that Old Testament, not beginning a New Testament, not beginning a new religion. He is ending, completing, satisfying the requirements of the religious covenant or arrangement that he had made back there 1,500 years before Yahshua uh, was fulfilling, back there with Moses, All right? So there's those three trips with Moses, there's the three trips with Yahshua, and the three trips with Yahshua are fulfillment. They're finishing, ending. They're not starting. They're not continuing the covenant. Yahshua's not continuing something he is satisfying every requirement of it and finishing it. And he's going to mention this in just a minute. So read the fifth chapter, the first couple of okay. verses again, then go over to the 17th and 18th verses, please. Okay, Matthew 5 and 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so now he starts making a list of blessings or beatitudes. These statements are like a listing of commandments that Yahweh Elohim made back there that you read about. And that's recorded in the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus. And then you read on through there. Clear over to the 24th chapter, and you're reading about the judgments, the ordinances that Yahweh further spoke with Moses up in Mount Sinai in the institution. Now, go to the 17th verse, please, in Matthew 5. 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Okay, now. Yahshua is informing them right there not to think that he came to destroy the law or the prophets, which includes the law that he had spoken from Mount Sinai back there in Exodus 20. He did not come to destroy that law. He said he came to fulfill it. Or did he say he came to continue it? No. Did he say he came to extend it to the Gentiles? No, he did not. No. He is finishing it, fulfilling it, satisfying every requirement. So let's understand that what's going on here with Yahshua in Matthew 
is the fulfillment, the finish, the ending of that Old Testament or that Old Covenant, okay? All right, uh, finish through the 18th verse, please. 18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Right, now that's one jot or tittle, which is an English transliteration of Hebrew letter names. The jot is properly the yad. That is the equivalent in usage and pronunciation of our letter Y. That yad is the smallest letter of the entire Hebrew alphabet, but it is the most important letter in all of it because it is the letter that starts uh, the uh, writing of the name of the creator and the name of the savior, Yahweh, Yahshua. Mm -hmm. And so he says, not one yod or one tittle, which is, uh, it's an ornament that's over a letter in the Hebrew language. And so it's not even a complete letter. It's just a little piece or part of a letter. It's, Kind of like the crossing of a T. A mm -hmm. tittle is similar to the cross of a T. So, uh, and and the jot or yod is in our alphabet like the dot over an I or a J. And that, so that's like a jot or a dot. And then the tittle is like the crossing of a T. So he's talking about the smallest letter, the smallest part of a letter. He says, no detail, not the smallest letter, not the smallest part of a letter, no detail at all of what is written in that law will pass away until all of it is fulfilled. And Yahshua's job is to fulfill all of it. The, all the righteousness of that law will be embodied and manifested in Yahshua and what he does. So uh, go ahead, uh, I won't interrupt you. Just read 17 and 18 again, and then we'll go to one other verse. 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Right. Okay. And Yahshua is fulfilling it. That's his job. Okay. All right. Now go over to the, uh, the eighth chapter. I think it is the first verse. Eighth of Matthew? Yes, sir. Okay. Eight and one. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Okay. Now, the point that I was trying to make there is very simply that you read in Matthew 5 and 1, he went up on a mountain and right. he sat there in fulfillment of Yahweh Elohim sitting in the cloud on top of Mount Sinai. And then... What Yahweh Elohim did in the 19th chapter of Exodus, the 20th chapter of Exodus, all the way over basically through Exodus 23, 
is an institution, and Yahshua is fulfilling that with his Sermon on the Mount, which begins at Matthew 5 and 1, and as you can see, then he comes down from the mountain in Matthew 8 and 1 is where it's recorded. Mm-hmm. So what Yahshua is doing in chapter 5, 6, and 7 is fulfilling what uh, was set up there or instituted as you see it on this chart in front of you at Mount Sinai when Yahweh Elohim brought the 12 tribes and the children of Israel, that multitude, there uh, in the Old Testament. Now, it's very important to realize Yahshua is talking to Jews under the Old Testament. And Yahshua is obeying and fulfilling every detail of the law and the requirements of the law as expressed under the Old Testament. Okay? And none of that can change. Not any detail can pass away until he fulfills every single detail. So everything is fixed, set. The terms of the covenant, the laws, the ordinances cannot be modified, changed, broken, etc. They're in full force and effect until Yahshua finishes fulfilling every single detail. Okay. And after he does that, he then will earn the right, and he does this through what he did there, the, his whole life, his, his birth, life, ministry, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, earn the right to be the ruler or the king and to make the rules or give a new law or a new testament, which maybe we'll talk about in just a minute, okay? Um but it's very, very important to understand that everything that's set up there that Yahshua is talking about and doing is under the Old Testament, and it applies to the Jews, and it applies to them under the Old Testament. To put it another way, that's not he's not talking to you or me. He's not talking to any Gentiles. He's talking to Jews under the Old Testament, and the you and I have no part with that, nor does any Gentile have any part with that uh, under that Old Testament. And so Yahshua has to completely finish that in a satisfactory way, truncating nothing, in other words, doing everything that's required before he can make a new covenant which is going to extend to you and me or anybody other than Jews that are under the Old Testament. And everything Yahshua says and everything he does is fulfilling. Even the multitudes following him are a fulfillment of the multitudes following the cloud back there into the wilderness of Sinai and all the way through. Um, The 12 disciples that Yahshua chooses, who follow him uh, during the 
basically three and a half years of his ministry, are fulfilling the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 apostles or the 12 disciples are fulfilling the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, following that cloud during the entire 40 years that they are in the wilderness. And we need to look at everything that Yahshua is doing as a fulfillment. Okay, now I know I've kind of repeated that in two or three different ways, but this is very important to understand. And it's something Dr. Kinley just emphasized repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Okay? And in order to show that the things that are under the Old Testament are not the things that are in effect with us now, but the principles that Yahweh expressed under the Old Testament have a counterpart here under this New Testament. But this one is entirely spiritual. It is not a law of carnal ordinances. That was carnal ordinances for carnal minds. This testament has to do with the law of the spirit, which is really the Holy Spirit, being in a heart or mind that has been changed or transformed or resurrected or uplifted, elevated. I think Dr. Kinley used the term elevated quite often. Said your mind has to be elevated, in other words, raised to uh, look at spiritual things. And the Holy Spirit, therefore, is uh, in the heart or mind that is transformed or raised by his Holy Spirit. Okay, now, um, so we take one little example. I know there was something mentioned there. Let me see. Um, grab the verse there in Matthew 5 where he talked about judge not that you be not judged. It's just, it's just, it's just one example. There's, there's everything in there is a fulfillment and, you know, there's uh, a change that will take place under the New Testament. But just grab that particular verse and please just tell me what verse you're reading. I'm sure you can find it quickly. It's 7 and 1. 7 and 1. Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, that's good enough for the moment. That's one of the statements that Yahshua made there, okay? And so, and that, obviously, that principle certainly applies to them. They had nothing to judge with correctly, okay? And that's just like he said, think not, okay? And because they didn't have any way of thinking correctly. There was no way that they could think correctly. There was no way that they could judge correctly. They did not have the Holy Spirit in their heart or mind guiding their conscience, guiding their thinking, and making them right. So he says, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, and then he goes on, he says, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged also, or it shall be meted out to you, etc. Now, there is a, a scripture, um, there's several scriptures, and boy, I haven't looked at these in so long, I don't even recall exactly the words or the, the locations of the scriptures, but there's one in particular that comes to mind, if you wouldn't mind finding it. Um, where he, he uh, uh, talks about uh, 
do you set those to judge in the assembly that are least esteemed? Are you not able to judge the the, the smallest matters? Uh, I think that's in one of Paul's writings, I believe. Try First Corinthians 6 and 1. Ah, oh, thank you very much, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you very much. First Corinthians 6 and 1. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the sons? Do you not know that the sons shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Mm -hmm. Know you not that we shall judge angels? Isn't that something? Yeah. So, in other words, uh, there's a huge difference there in in terms of this this thing about judge not that you be not judged, okay? But now, let's say this. You better not be judging, nor I or anyone else, unless you have something to judge with. Yeah. And it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Dr. Kinley talked about the spirit of discernment being very important, that we need to discern the, the, the spirit, and I'm talking about the type of spirit, whether it's righteous or unrighteous, whether it's the Holy Spirit or the satanic spirit, which, uh, which one is giving a message or, or trying to uh, convince us to do something, okay, or to believe something. Mm -hmm. And there, there is right and there is wrong. There absolutely is that which is right and that which is wrong. And we need to be able to distinguish right from wrong. We cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. And on top of that, we can't do it without an understanding of things that the Holy Spirit teaches. Now, we don't know everything at the moment that we receive the Holy Spirit. And we did not have the Holy Spirit any more than the children of Israel had the Holy Spirit in them until we actually receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, it has to be given and it has to be received. Okay, and um, so um, once that happens, then the heart or mind can be transformed and enlightened and you can have the knowledge of how to judge things that you know about. Now, none of us know everything. And we need to become very, very honest with ourselves and not dissemble or be dishonest with others okay, about the fact that we clearly have received a precious gift in knowledge and understanding from the creator Yahweh Elohim himself, but we only have received part of the knowledge and we need to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our savior, Yahshua the Messiah. That's why Yahshua told the apostles that they, 
the, the comforter that was with them, Yahshua, the spirit of truth, he said, is with them. And when Yahshua was in that physical body, he was the spirit of truth in that body. And he says, uh, uh, he, he is with you and he shall be in you. And then he said, the world cannot receive that spirit of truth. Okay. So once we have received it, then that makes it so that we can learn and learn to discern right from wrong. But we still need to learn, and the Holy Spirit uh, will teach what is needed as it is needed. And none of us are going to become overcapacitated, so to speak, with the Holy Spirit. And we will be given the knowledge that we need as we need it. And Yahshua is going to take us through experiences. Now, that requires being diligent in the things that Yahweh has given to us rather than being negligent. In other words, he says, neglect not the gift that is given you. Don't be negligent, okay? But instead of that, be diligent. So I, I hope that's of some encouragement. Mm -hmm. Both that Yahshua has done and is doing wonderful things and encouragement that you and I can and should be attentive to and diligent regarding those things that Yahshua is giving. And Yahshua does reward those that diligently seek him. So expect the reward, receive that reward, but you have to simply be obedient to him and you can count on what he has promised because he is going to fulfill every single promise that he has made. So I hope that's encouraging and uh, I'm done. Thank you. Praise Yahshua. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Welsh. And for our third speaker this afternoon, we'd like to call on the Dean of our Syracuse, New York class, Dr. Patrick Trivelson. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I've enjoyed class thus far this evening. Uh, sitting here in balmy, balmy, upstate New York, <laughs> looking out my front window, and it's just white. Uh, I think what I want to do, I, I'm going to carry on with what uh, Terry was uh, working with there, and um, I want to try to work with another aspect of this fulfillment. I um, Let's see. Uh, first of all, if you would start reading in thir read 13 and 14 and start reading there. What, what uh, book, Rick? Uh, the scripture reading. Matthew 7. As Terry showed how this was part of, uh, you know, 5 and 6 of, of Matthew, which are all fulfillments 
of things that went on back there in Exodus. Right. And so this is where we're at. This is what we're de- what we're dealing with. Matthew mm-hmm. seven thirteen, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. All right, that- stop right there. It, um, if we could get the uh, purpose pattern or plan chart put up, please. And if we could go to the bottom row. And just kind of enlarge that somewhat. Hmm? Enlarge the bottom row if it's possible. Okay, here we are. Uh, The last plate on the bottom, on the right, says Sabbath. The plate to the right of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't read the bottom part because it's blocked by, it says Sharon. Sharon? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's a picture of a priest there. I can't see it. There we have it. There, oh, there it is. Boy, I certainly have had my difficulty with these charts the last couple of weeks, but Yes, here. Now, this chart on the very right here, it says Babylon on the bottom. Can everyone see that? Right, yes. Now, part of it is blocked off on me. I, for whatever reason, it says it says Sharon there. That's what it says. <laughs> but... Uh, Great. It's probably a pop-up window of the speaker. You might be able to close it by tapping in the top right corner with a mouse. I don't have a mouse. And I don't like mice. (laughs) It says carnal ordinances we stored. Okay. Yes. And there is a, a picture of a priest there. Yep. And it's uh I can't read it. It's just it's just too small for me to read, but I can read Babylon and there's other things that are in there and I ought to know them by now. But then there's a narrow part that comes up. Can everyone see? No, Dennis moved it. It's not you, Rick. (laughs) You know what? Never mind. Dennis, please, do me a favor. Just get the body tabernacle chart. 
<laughs> Thank you. Now, in the bottom, here, do you see where it says gate? Yes, we see Everyone it. Everyone see where it says gate? Yes. On the bottom there, it's small. It says gate. Yes. That's, that's wide open. And it was wide open mm -hmm. to the people. They had to bring sacrifices there and sacrifice all the time. That fire never went out. They were sinning continually and they were bringing sacrifices there continually. That was wide open to all the people. Mm -hmm. Now, if you went up past the labor, it says door. Mm -hmm. Can you see door there? Yes. Yeah. Now, how wide is that opening? Narrow. That's narrow. narrow. Now, that, that was three feet wide. Mm -hmm. But the gate was very wide. Mm -hmm. So a whole lot of people were allowed in the court roundabout. Mm -hmm. But how many people were allowed in the holy place? Just the priest. Just the low, just the low priest. Right. Just the very few. Right. So now, knowing that and seeing it set up in the tabernacle, let's go back and read 13 and 14 again. Okay. Matthew 7, 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. Now, wide is the gate. Read. And broad is the way. And broad that, is the way. That leadeth to. It was, it was like Broadway. Uh, yes. Broad <laughs> was the way. Mm -hmm. Read. That leadeth to destruction. That leadeth to destruction. Mm -hmm. And many there be which go in thereat. And many go in that way. Read. Mm -hmm. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Which now, narrow is the way. Mm -hmm. Which leadeth. said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Which is way, why I wanted to show it on that. Uh, purpose pattern or plan chart because uh, on that one plate on the bottom right it shows all kinds of uh, uh, mystery Babylon and different uh, religions and all these different things that the right. world is caught up in and false doctrines and false religions and and false names and false titles but you've got that narrow strip that goes up through the middle and it says the way the truth the life and it goes why does this keep getting moved on me 
There right. it is. The way, the truth, truth and the life. life. And it goes right up to the most holy place. Do you see that? All right. To the throne. To the most holy place or heaven. So wide is the gate, but narrow is the way. And narrow was the door. That door was only three feet wide. Right. So narrow was the way. Wide was the, wide is the way that leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. But narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Is the whole point of all that. Of all that. Now, uh, if you would, read in, continue reading in 15. I'll finish the 14. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. And few there be that find it. Right. Not a whole uh, not a whole herd of people that are right. tuned that are tuned in to this Zoom lecture this evening. Mm -hmm. There's just not a whole lot. And I I have a I have relatives that are having some difficulties right now. And they're scared and they're afraid. And I keep encouraging them and trying to get them to listen to these classes and to come to these Zoom classes and to come to just YouTube, anything. Just listen. Just listen. And one of my sisters came recently and listened to a class. She 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 wanted to pray. She didn't know what to pray for. She came to a class and it gave her great peace and great comfort. And I'm trying to get more of them to come and listen to these, the sorts of things that were presented this evening would have brought them peace, would have brought them comfort. All you can do is encourage people. That's all we can do. Right. We do our very best. We preach our hearts out. We do the best we can. But Yahshua has to open this up to them. Yeah. If Yahshua doesn't open it up to them, then it's just like they're listening to a bunch of words. Now, go ahead and continue reading there, Sharon. Okay, verse 15, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. Now, false prophets, you see, they're going to come to you in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. They're going to look good. They're going to sound smooth. Mm -hmm. They're going to look pretty. They're, gonna, they're not going to look like dragons with 85 heads and fire coming out of their mouths. That's not what they're going to look like. They're going to be seductive. They're going to be smooth. 
and they're going to be charming. They're going to be very glib, much more glib than I can be. And that's how they get these people, these silly women, taken captive out here in the world. But read, please. But inwardly, they are raveling wolves. Not raveling, no. Ravening. Raveling, I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Ravening. 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 They're voracious. Voracious. Mm -hmm. Inside, they're voracious. And Debbie Cometti showed me a picture one time at class when we were still in our old building. She showed me a picture of the Pope now, this Pope Francis. And he had a picture. There was a picture of him with a lamb on his shoulders. And she goes, she said, Patrick, is this, would this be an example of of a wolf in sheep's clothing? (laughs) I mean, it was perfect. It was just perfect. But that's how they come across. Mm -hmm. That's how the deception is done. And that's when we we looked on that other, we look on these plates and it says, carnal ordinances restored back in the early 100s and the early 200s. These carnal ordinances were brought back in very subtly, little by little, back into these branches uh, of, of Corinth and of uh, Ephesus and of uh, these different places. And that's why Paul found it necessary to write these epistles to, to these people and constantly admonish them and warn them about being deceived and being bewitched. And he even says to them, Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? It was done so subtly, just like that serpent beguiled Eve at that tree in the Garden of Eden. He was so subtle. And he's described there as the most subtle beast of the field. Now continue to read, Sharon. Verse 16, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Now, I got a grapevine in my backyard. And I used to pick the grapes all the time. And I did not pick it out of thorny parts of anything. You don't pick it from thorns. You pick it from the vines. <sighs> you get the fruit from certain parts of a branch. You don't get it from thorns and briars and and 
unproductive parts right. of a tree or a briar patch or a, or a, or a, a bush. And you will know, it, it says in the book, I see men as trees walking. You mm. will know men by their fruits. You will know men when they open their mouth. That is the gift of discernment that Terry talked about. That is why you come to class. When you, the more you know, the more you're able to determine when somebody is saying the truth or somebody is saying a lie. It's just that simple. And I can't dwell on this right now because I want to get to something else. I want to get the jump down to 24, please. 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Now, therefore, I... therefore, whoever hears these things and does them, you understand he's saying, therefore, whoever hears these things and does them, read. Mm -hmm. I will liken him unto a wise man. Which I will built, liken him unto a wise man. Mm -hmm. right? Which built his house upon a rock. Which built his house upon a rock. Mm -hmm. and, and everyone... In that, other words, folks, you, hopefully, all of you who are listening, are those who are among the wise people or the wise ones who have built their house upon a rock. A rock. Mm -hmm. Not sure. I remember when we built Bubby and Sharon's house up there in Elbridge. Mm -hmm. That whole yard was rocks. <laughs> The rocks grew in that yard. Yep. Every day we go there, there were new rocks. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was hard in mm -hmm. that yard, digging and laying a foundation. There was so much rock. Yep. But the rock is where you want to put your foundation. Read. Oh, 24, where am I? Okay. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine. Where, where are you going? You're in 25? I don't know. You want 25, Sharon. Okay, and 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And the winds blew and all this stuff happened and nothing happened to the house. Right. Because it was stable. Because it had a good foundation. And foundation is one of Yahweh's divine attributes. It's not what Yahweh has. It's what he is. 
He is foundation. And he has given us foundation. Mm-hmm. And our foundation, it needs it to be built upon a rock. It needs to be based in solid things, solid facts. It needs to be based in the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. Boy, we're going to run out of time here, but go ahead. Okay, 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. No, which... no, no. In other words, anyone who hears these things and does them, uh, does and them who, not. who doesn't do these things, and right. listen, and listen. In Isaiah, or, or, or uh, Ezekiel 36, he says, he will cause you to walk in his statutes. Mm-hmm. So if he causes you to walk in his statutes, you will do his sayings. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't cause you to walk in his statutes, you will not do his sayings. It's as simple as that. But read, please. Do it them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man. Now that which, guy, oh. now he's going to be a foolish man. Mm-hmm. Read. Which built his house upon the sand. He built and, his house mm-hmm. upon the sand. That'd be like going like down to the to the ocean and going down on the shore and mm-hmm. building a house on the sand. Mm-hmm. I mean, building your foundation right on the sand mm-hmm. and not on rock. Mm-hmm. Read. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And now it the fell. Rain, the rains come and the winds blow. You see, over in Ephesians, the fourth chapter talks about uh, every wind of doctrine. Mm. The winds blow, every wind of doctrine. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Mm-hmm. And you, you're carried away by everything. Why? Because you don't have a good foundation. It's not built in the law and the prophets. It's built in sand. It's built in nonsense. Read, please. And beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And great was the fall of that house. Now, I want to hold this for a moment. I want to go over to Deuteronomy, 32nd chapter. And start reading in the fourth verse. Deuteronomy 32 and 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. Now, who is he, uh, Bruce? That's Yahweh or Yahshua. That's Yahweh. That's right. Or Yahshua. Yahshua and Yahweh Elohim being one and the same. But Mm -hmm. Yahweh Elohim, he is the rock. 
Right. Read. His work is perfect. No, his work is perfect. Now, let me ask you something. How are you going to improve upon perfect? <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Read, please. For all his ways are judgment, an Elohim of truth, and without iniquity. Now, he doesn't have iniquity. You right. can forget that. Just and He's right is he. Truth. Read. Just and right is he. Just and right is he. Now that's good. Now I, I gotta I gotta move. I gotta get Exodus 23, 20, and 21. Three, 23, 21. Exodus 23, 20, and 21. Okay. 23 and 20. Exodus 23 and 20. Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. This is where we were with Terry. Mm -hmm. Dr. Welsh, read, please. Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. For my name is in him. Now, go over to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and mm -hmm. get 1 through 4. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians 10 and one through four. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud. Now who's this writing this? Uh, uh, this is Paul the, Paul the Apostle. This is Paul the Apostle. Right. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. I would not have you to be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So he's describing how they all came through the Red Sea and how they were all baptized in that Red Sea. Read. And did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all <laughs> drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock. Now they wait a minute. They drank of that spiritual rock. <laughs> that spiritual rock. Is that what it said? That spiritual rock. That's right. Read. That led them. And that rock was the Messiah. And that rock was the Messiah. Now I dare you to go back to your reverend and explain that one to you. Right. Explain that. Yeah. These things are mysteries that have been opened up to you by the Holy Spirit and only by the Holy Spirit. Now, I got to get quick. I got to get, um, oh, that's Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Matthew 16, 13. When Yahshua came into the coast of Caesarea 
Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, I the Son of Man, am? Who do, who do, <clears throat> who do people say I am? Mm -hmm. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah's, and one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? But who do you say that I am? Read. Mm -hmm. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Messiah. The Thou art the Messiah. Read. The son of the living Elohim. And Yahshua said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I, say, and I say unto thee, And I thou, say unto you, read, And thou art Peter. Thou and upon, art Peter. Now listen. Thou and art a, Peter. Right. And upon this rock, and I will build. this rock. I will build my church. Will I build my church? In the gates you of hell. You are Peter. But upon this church. This rock will I build my church. Right. This rock is himself. Here he is. He's fulfilling all those rocks down through the law and the prophets. And there's a million more, but time doesn't permit us to get them. I'm trying to show you to the law, to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. I want to get one more reference, and I'll and I'll be quiet. Uh, um, five minutes, huh? Holy cow! <laughs> uh, Ephesians two nineteen. No, I want to get I want to get Daniel, second chapter, forty fourth verse. Forty what verse? Forty fourth verse. I got it. If I got it. Okay. And in the days of these kings shall now in the him. days of these kings. All right. You have to look at. You have to read the whole chapter. You have to understand. It's talking about all these empires that rose and that fell, and Alexander the Great. And the, the Roman Empire and and and, and Babylon and, mm -hmm. and and Herod and Cleopatra and all these kings and queens and emperors and in these days of these kings shall Elohim of heaven set up a kingdom. Now in these days shall Yahweh Elohim set up a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Which shall never be destroyed. Which shall never be destroyed. Read the 45th verse. For as much as thou sayest that the, that the stone was cut out of the mountain without now the stone, hands. There was a stone cut out of a mountain in the vision, in Daniel's vision. Mm 
-hmm. And it was cast at the image. And the image represented false worship all the Mm -hmm. way down from Babylon all the way down to Rome. And the rock cast out of the mountain was cast at the image and broke it all in pieces Mm -hmm. and set up an It set up a kingdom which would never be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Not a physical kingdom, but a kingdom in you. A kingdom that's within you. A kingdom that is divine attributes. And a kingdom which can never, never be destroyed. Start again in 45, Sharon. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break... The stone represents Yahshua. The stone represents the truth. The stone represents the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, Mm -hmm. which those speakers tonight preached to you. They preached it to you. Read. And that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. It broke in pieces Catholicism, Presbyterianism, Islam, Judaism. It Mm -hmm. broke in pieces all those false religions and set up a kingdom in you which will never be destroyed. Hallelujah. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Dr. Trevison. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today in our Zoom class. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, Belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Hallelujah.